Welcome to the Key Hire Small Business Podcast, your go-to resource for tackling challenges and empowering small business owners to scale successfully. Our mission is to help unlock your business's full potential. My name is Corey Harlock, and I'll be your host. As a small business owner, have you ever had a really reliable, strong, go-to employee that started to miss deadlines, seemed a little on edge, wasn't delivering like they used to? Now, sometimes that can be they just don't have the capacity, don't have the experience to meet up with the demands of the business. But as human beings, oftentimes life happens and things are going on that we are not aware of. There's a quote that kind of floats around on LinkedIn and I'll paraphrase, but it says, you know, be kind to the person beside you because they could be doing giving everything they have just to hold it together. So how do we address that? How do we decide, are you just unable to do the job or are you struggling to get by in your personal life? And working with small business owners, I know oftentimes we take it personally and we say, this person isn't delivering. And they'll call me and they'll say, I'm going to sit them down and I'm going to tell them. And I always say, you know what, why don't you start with this? Hey, is everything okay? Are you doing all right? Start there. And that's the conversation we're going to have today. Mental health is a big issue these days. And we are so fortunate to have Dr. Christopher Taylor uh, we're going to call him Chris. He's given me permission to call him Chris. I don't, we're going to do away with the formalities. Um, uh, Chris owns the Taylor Counseling Group, which is one of the largest providers of mental health outpatient services in Texas. Very cool. Uh, he's also the president of the Counseling, of counseling for the Future. He's uh, created an app called Empiphany, and it's empiphany.com. We'll give you that information here in a bit which is a preventative mental health app, um, which hopefully we'll hear more about because I think that's super cool. And uh, his life's also falling apart right now. So he's kind of walking the talk. Welcome to the Key Hire Small Business Podcast. My name is Corey Harlock. I'm going to be your host today. If you like what you're hearing, hit the like, hit the follow, hit the subscribe button, whatever you got to do. We'd love to be able to send our new episodes and information directly to you. So, Matt, without further ado, let's bring Chris on the show. Dr. Taylor, how you doing, bud? Uh, you know, I think I'm great, but I'm probably really terrible. Uh, but we're just going to go with great anyways, because, you know, like you said, life happens. I don't think life happens to you. I think it happens for you. And so I, I'm just going to push forward, man. Very cool. So I said your life's falling apart. We kind of... Uh, if yes. people don't get the 30,000 foot overview, they're not going to listen to anything else you say because they're going to wonder what the hell that means. So uh, give us the 30,000 foot overview. Yeah. So basically, like I went on a camping trip with my daughter this weekend with a bunch of girls. It's like a daddy daughter camp out thing. And uh, I got sick from one of the kids. So I'm like dying of some kind of respiratory virus right now. I, I rolled my ankle while I was out there to come back home to find out that we now have a slab leak in the middle of our house, like right in the kitchen. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been living out of an Airbnb and also the wonderful lady that cuts my hair, uh, she decided to not be a hairdresser anymore. So, um, and, I, and as I said to you, I think that's the worst of all of it is losing your hairdresser. Man, that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. 
So yeah, that's where we are right now. But you know what? Life's great. And it just gives me more together time with my family. We're a lot closer right now, uh, both literally and figuratively, yeah. uh, as we suffer together. So, yeah. Very, very cool. So, hey, we don't like to spend too much time on the formalities because this is a help first uh, podcast. So we like to get right into it. So, you know, you deal with, with mental health and um, I'm sure you work with people that own business or obviously people that work for people, right? And as I kind of said off the top, I've seen it as well where oftentimes we have people in our business that have been like steady Eddie, reliable, right-hand person, and out of nowhere, something changes. And, and sometimes it's just work, right? They're overwhelmed. They can't deal with it. But sometimes there's things going on under the surface, you know? So maybe walk us through what are some some signals we should be looking for or different ways to think about it? I mean, this is this is what you do. So I, if I'm a business owner and I'm thinking, hey, I have someone in my business right now that is fits that description. Mm -hmm. uh, what should they be looking for? You know, we'll get into some solutions here down the road, but let's kind of look at the discovery side of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the Wall Street Journal released an article a couple weeks ago that said $2.5 trillion was the total economic, economic impact on the loss of production in the United States directly related to mental health in the workplace, which meant that a lot more of your employees are not in a great headspace. Uh, obviously, we all just went through COVID. Uh, obviously, we had a very rough uh, transition into that and out of that. Uh, telehealth has been wonderful, but isolation is not good for us. We are not creatures that isolate. And I don't, I don't want to cut you off, but how big an impact has COVID had on people's mental health? Like, you know, people speculate, but you're living in that world. Like, is it, is it for real? Are people really still kind of equilibrium's off? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to see a lot of studies coming out here in the near future that COVID, that the isolation from COVID has had on our pre-K and, and kindergarten populations is they're going to struggle with socialization as they move forward in their educational system. Um, we're going to see some interesting studies come out of the workplace as, as kids that were graduating during COVID graduate with that, with a lack of skill sets that they didn't learn and, and gain. So I, I think we're going to be reeling from these uh, effects for a long time, um, not just from an economic standpoint, but from a social development as well. Awesome. Okay. And, and so even beyond COVID, you know, like you said, you, you have a, sl uh, a slab leak in the middle of your house. Uh, yeah. Someone goes through a divorce. Someone has uh, their spouse gets diagnosed with a terminal illness. They get that. You know, there's a million things that can happen. Yeah. And we're all kind of living that human experience. So what what are some of the what are what are some of the, the signs people might flash, whether knowingly or unknowingly, that is a business owner? If you see them, you might go, ah, there might be something bigger going on here. Yeah, I think the first thing you said, Corey, was spot on. Like you're going to notice a change in their behavior. So your your top sales guy is all of a sudden not going to be the top sales guy. Or he's going to continue to do that because that's what he's investing in. But everything else is going to kind of fall apart. Like there's just going to be a massive change in his behavior or uh, even a subtle change in our outlook, comments that we might make, uh, ways that we present ourselves, weight gain, weight loss, also at times. Uh, Could there be like a perceived lack of caring? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We get empathy, fatigue. Uh, if you have so much stuff going on in your own personal life, uh, it can be really 
difficult to care for others or to care about others. And so if you kind of see that starting to develop in the workplace, that's that's definitely a big red sign of, hey, this guy's probably not trying to be a jerk. Um, he's probably just got a lot going on and doesn't know how to process it right now. Empathy fatigue. That's so is that kind of what you just detailed there? Like if if you're outputting a lot of emotion, it's hard to hold emotions for other people and kind of excuse my language, but give a shit what it, what's going on in other people's world. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. We actually uh, struggle with that a lot in the mental health space. Uh, therapists struggle a lot with with empathy fatigue because we take on so many emotions from other people during the session, during the therapeutic process that that, that can be a problem that contributes to burnout for sure. Cool. All right. So we're, we're talking about someone who has been fairly consistent. So that's maybe this, I, I'm just kind of, as I was saying it, I was like, hold on. So we have the steady Eddie who's now kind of getting a little rocky. Yeah. Well, what are the people that are kind of always up and down and turbulent? Is is that just kind of someone who is maybe they've always had uh, some mental uh, wellness challenges going on? Is that just their personality? Or is this someone who's not dealing with things in their life correctly? Super general statement, but, you know, what about those employees that are kind of hot and cold? Yeah, so we're all emotional creatures. Uh, you know, I think we, our primary function is to respond emotionally. Uh, so there's going to be some people that are just more steady than others, and there's going to be others that are just more emotionally volatile. They're just sort of on this kind of roller coaster. And that's okay. Neither of those are wrong. Neither of those are right. We're all just sort of unique. Uh, one you know, a strong suggestion I would have for business owners, especially small business owners. And I know the larger the company gets, the harder it gets, but how well do you actually know your employees? You know, do you know their name? Like obviously you know their names, but do you know, do you know their wife's name? Do you know their kid's name? Do you know if their kid is struggling in math or not? Uh, you know, do you like, do you have you actually had a conversation with them more than just, Hey, where are those progress reports that they need? Um, you know, so I think, uh, evaluating, having a, a hard question for yourself as an owner is like, how relational am I am, am I with my employees? How, how well do I know them? And I don't think you have to know them so deeply. And I know it's challenging for a lot of us. If you have 70 employees, like a, that's a lot of names. It's a lot of, you know, spouses. That's a lot of kids, a lot of grandparents. You know, how do I do all that? Right. I get that. for sure. Yeah. But then you have people that run those departments that could be right. at yeah. that level. But I think what I hear you say is, you don't have to invest a ton emotionally, but take the time to at least hear their story and what's going on in their world. And cut. so you have a maybe a baseline or a point of reference or it's an understanding of who they are. And is there are they someone who lives in turmoil or are they kind of someone who's got a real, you know, they've been married for 20 years and family and it's pretty consistent and just kind of helps you understand who they are. So if things do go wrong and they start acting differently, it's easier to, to notice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. So a lot of business owners and we all, I think we all do it right because we all think the world revolves around us, but when people, so I've, I've been coming to work and I've been there for two, three years doing a great job. And all of a sudden, you know, my uh, give a shit meter <laughs> falls off the map and uh, my, you're thinking, I don't care anymore. I'm not trying very hard. Um, they take it personally and they think, well, they're doing this to me and this is my livelihood and we're trying to 
put food on, you know, paychecks for all these people and they're putting that in jeopardy and it causes them a lot of stress because they see the effects of their, their behavior or lack of, of, of behavior on their business, right? So what could they do or is there kind of a, an exercise or a question they could ask themselves to kind of bring themselves to a point where they say, okay, I need to maybe investigate this um, and see what's really going on. Yeah, exactly. So Walt Whitman has a wonderful quote that I love, which is be curious, not judgmental. That's Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah, he uses that in the, the show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Walt Whitman's beautiful quote uh, is amazing. And so it's just this idea of really challenging ourselves just to be curious. Uh, so anytime I have to have a hard conversation with an employee, I always just start it off conversationally with what's going on? Like, tell me about you, where are you at right now? What's your story? Uh, before we get into the, you know, hard part of here's how you're, you're, you're not performing well, you know? Uh, so let's just be curious what's going on. Tell me more about that. You know, I've noticed this change kind of happen instead of being judgmental and taking a personal, uh, moving into this this ego space, which is very challenging for us as entrepreneurs, because entrepreneurs usually have very healthy egos because we believe that we can take on the world and do the impossible, you know, so which many of us can and many of us do. Uh, and so it's kind of like when you become successful as an entrepreneur, that ego gets really, really strong, you know. So, so uh, there's it's shifting, but the old world mentality was work is work, home is home. You don't talk about your personal life. If your boss asks you how you're doing, you say fine. Um, yeah. and, and now, you know, there's the other extreme where, you know, bring your whole self to work, which means all your baggage and all your problems, which I don't know if I agree with totally either. But all that to say, sometimes when you ask people what's going on, they're, some of them are just going to give it to you, right? And you're going to think, well, that's too much. Uh, some of them might give you what you're looking for. But some of them might say, no, it's fine. Was there something going on? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's okay. So how might you kind of draw that out or let them know it's okay? Like, I wanna, I wanna, I'm here to help. Yeah. So, one, I don't really know that that's your responsibility as a, a business owner, right, of, of drawing it out of them, right? We, we want to meet people where they are, right? That's the most important thing. We, we cannot solve the problem for them. We can't do it for them. There is no amount of doing that we can do to make them feel safe, right? Other than just providing a healthy work environment, right? But outside of that, there's nothing you can do to make this person want to talk to you. So since they just don't want to talk, that's about them, right? That has nothing to do with you. But continuously providing that open door atmosphere, continuously providing a, a, a warm and inviting space for them to engage in, and then letting them know that you're here. If they ever want to talk, you know, that door's open. But we can't make them talk. And if you if you know something's going on, but they won't tell you, should you then stop any corrective action you were thinking about? Or should you stop that conversation? Or you, should you still have it? Or does it change? Does the context change? What are your thoughts on that? No, so I, I don't think we, we want to coddle them at all. I think if you still have performance measures that your employee needs to make, I mean, they still need to make those measures, you know. Now, if they are going through some kind of debilitating depression, uh, if they just found out they have bipolar disorder, right, or something like that, some significant medical issues, significant mental health issue. If an employee broke their leg, we would say, yeah, oh, my gosh, you need to get the short-term disability. You need to go have some bed rest. Don't work for a while. 
or make accommodation for them yeah. so they could yeah. we, they can do something, right? Exactly. In the same course of action, right? If this person finds out that all of a sudden now they have major depressive disorder, then like, yeah, we want to support you in that. We want to take the appropriate steps for that. We want to get you help, right? But at some point, you still have to be able to do your job. And so that's that's where we have that conversation of what does this look like down the road? You know, we, we don't all of a sudden say, okay, you have to, you are allowed to do 50% less work than everybody else you know <laughs> we don't do that just the same as the person who just broke broke their leg we don't say you do 50 percent less work than everybody else you know, we'll work with them for a while to figure out what it is okay and then and then move forward so let's say someone says to you man i'm i'm going through a divorce yeah uh, and and you say wow that's that's rough uh sorry to hear that and they say to you, like, I don't know what to do. Or you get the impression as an employer, like they're really struggling and they're, they feel like they're on an island and they don't know what to do. Is there anything as an employer? I know we can't care for them and we can't do it, but are there any resources or, or what would you recommend? Like what, what lifeline would you throw them to kind of so they can go get the help they need? Um, because that's the right thing for them and it's the right thing for your business. And it's the right thing. I mean, if you really help through someone through a tough time like that, you have to think that they're going to be very loyal people. And it's, it's, you know, that's going to, if that's your culture and reputation, people are going to um, appreciate that and tell people about that. And it's, it's going to help you down the road. So yeah. as, as I guess, long way around as an employer, once they tell you something, a, are you obligated to help them? And B, if you are obligated or choose to help them, what, what could you do or what are some options that a, a business owner has? Yeah, so I think just like if it was a medical problem or a financial problem, right? These also always come with some kind of anxiety or depression attached to them. But, you know, you know we... We just have the same level of obligation that we have to everything else, right? Um, which is, you know, we want to care for our people. We want to invest in our people and do the best we can for them, right? Because the more we invest in our people, the more we're investing in our company and the more we're investing in growth, right? So, so that's human capital, right? We want to invest in our people first, our employees first. I don't like, I really disagree with, with companies that say they're client first, you know, I think you got to be employee first. That's the Virgin, the Virgin model, Richard Branson, right? He was the one who came out and said, no, 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 no. It's yeah, not no we're, we're because if we take care of our employees, then they're going to take care of the customer right, or the client or whoever it is. So we really want to invest in our people. And now what's your obligation to help this guy, you know, resolve his personal life? Uh, zero. Right. You know, that's that's kind of where our relationship ends. It's a business professional relationship not a personal relationship. However, he's bringing that into the office. So it, we now have to deal with it one way or the other. You know, we could say, hey, just a quick interjection there. You said they're bringing it into the office. Oh, yeah. Is it is it possible for that for someone for, to say, like, just stop bringing it to the office or if that's going on in your world? Is it coming with you regardless if it's that big, if it's that life altering? Right. You can say it all you'd like, but I don't think it's it's possible. I don't think it's when in reality to bifurcate something that emotionally strong. Right. How does how does Jim go from from his his personal life and, you know, being hit by a wrecking ball to driving in on his, you know, his standard 22 minute commute? I think that's the average commute in America. Right. To his job to get it to open the door and say, Oh, I'm great. Everything's good. I'm here to do hundred percent of the work. 
you know, right. 100% of the mindset. Just the same as if somebody had an upper respiratory infection, you wouldn't expect them to perform to the same level. They're probably bringing, you know, 80% today or 84%, you know, whatever it is. So it's, it's impacting you one way or another. It's right. impacting that person's relationships with, you, with their coworkers. Uh, so it's, it's damaging. So in that way, we definitely want to invest. We want to have a plan for, for mental health resources for our employees. We right. want them to know that plan. And we want to model that stuff. We want to model. Okay. So when you say model, kind of give us an example of what that might look like. Yeah, so I think the old guard mentality is rub some dirt on it, you know, and I love that saying because that was my childhood, man, was like rub some dirt on it, get back out there, you know. In high school, I had a friend who broke his leg playing hockey and the coach just made him walk back and forth behind the bench, like walk it off and put him back out there. And after the game, he found out he broke his leg. Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's like, it's fine, go. Like, is the bone sticking at everybody? No, go, you're good. You know, so I think we (laughs) that's kind of done now. Uh, so, you know, this idea of, of let's not be tough, let's be vulnerable. I think there's a place for toughness, but I think if you really want to display toughness, be vulnerable with somebody. Uh, vulnerability is always met with vulnerability. Now, I don't think you need to come into work talking about your divorce. I don't think that's appropriate, right? Right. Or spreading all your drama around the office. But when you're vulnerable with your employees, when they say, hey, how are you doing today? And you're like, man, I am not doing good. Like, let me tell you about some of the stuff I'm dealing with. That vulnerability is always met with vulnerability. Okay, so I want to I want to clarify that point. So you're saying be vulnerable, meaning don't go in there and be a stoic and saying everything is always good with me because as I, we talked about in the past, Culture isn't words on a page on a wall. Culture is the way the ownership and leadership work. So if you go in and nothing is ever wrong, then the trickle down culture is you're not allowed to talk about what's going on in your world, right? And so what I think I hear you saying is if, if as a leader, you allow yourself to be vulnerable at times, then when you go to have these conversations with someone you think might be struggling with something, they will return it. Yeah, they look at you as a real person which is important because as much as we try to be superhuman, we, we simply are not. Right. I agree with that. <laughs> now is, I just, I feel the need to ask like, are, is addiction someone who might be a recovery or, or, or has, you know, had been recovered in an alcoholic for 10 years and got fallen off the wagon or uh, someone who would have been addicted to drugs. Is, is this the same or are like our addiction issues, do we need to deal with those a little differently? Because, you know, they're becoming more, well, I think they're pretty common, but people are more open about them uh, these days. They, they are. And I think a lot of people do struggle uh, with alcohol and drugs. And I, and I think that's, that's very normal. Um, and, you know, if you are struggling with that, you are definitely not alone. There are many, 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 many other people that struggle uh, just as you do. Um, and if you have an employee that's struggling with that, you know, we, we definitely want to offer them a lifeline. We want to help. We want to continue to invest in our people. However, that does not excuse the behavior and it does not excuse, you know, their inability to uh, to measure up to the standards that the company has set. Right? Their performance, right? Exactly. Okay. Very yeah. cool. If somebody comes in and, and they, you know, they got drunk at a, at a 
at a happy hour with clients there and kind of lost two accounts or something like that. And then, you know, the next day say, Hey, I have a problem. Like, you know, take the alcohol out of the equation. Like, would they have been fired or, or, or would you have invested in them? Like, what would you do? You know, the alcohol does not excuse the behavior. We definitely want to be sensitive to it. We want to invest in our people. We want to meet them where they are, but that doesn't get the, you know, that doesn't give them a get out of jail free card. Essentially. Hey. Chris, I think for me, what the the kind of the clarifying point you're making is, is the performance matters Mm -hmm. and helping the person matters. But we are in a professional relationship here. So, you know, we don't need to. I think most people want to help. We also have to understand where that line is, where we say, okay, we've offered you some lifelines or some resources. We've given you, you know, we've watched it kind of play out for three months. Things aren't changing. Now we need to make a harder decision about if, you know, termination or whatever it is. Um, And I think that's important to understand. Like we can be um, empathetic and sympathetic to these people, but we also are running a business. So we need to understand there is a line in there. And I think that's important to know that as, as a business owner, it's great that you want to help people, but it's also okay at a point to say, I, I tried to help. I've given it time. I'm not seeing it trending in the right direction. So I think we might need to part ways. Yes, exactly. But they could feel really guilty and shitty about that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's going to be a tough guilt is a tough, tough cookie. And that's a tough emotion to deal with, but, but know this, if you continue to enable somebody with an alcohol or drug problem, all you're doing is making the problem worse. Hey, it's Corey. And if you like what you're hearing, give this episode a thumbs up and subscribe or follow to get reminders of new episodes of the Key Hire Small Business Podcast. You're helping them. You're helping them make the problem worse. Right. But as, okay, so devil's advocate, I'm a business owner. I'm like, hey, I didn't sign up for this stuff. Yeah. But you got it. You inherit it. Because if you have 20 employees, how many of those people are probably dealing with an addiction issue? Yeah. By, by you know, how many, what percentage of the population are dealing with a mental health issue or an addiction issue or whatever, right? Um, I don't know those numbers, but I'm sure uh, there's a, you'll have something, right? If you have employees, you're going to have these issues. Yes. Okay. So I think we've knock the crap out of, you know, what does it look like? Mm-hmm. So now I'm in a, a business owner sitting here thinking, okay, this is great. Tell me how, so I've made all these mistakes. I've sought them down. I've taken a hard line. I haven't been empathetic. I've carried people too long, waiting for them to turn it around. I acted too quickly without understanding what was going on. So, and, and it feels like there's a real kind of gooey sweet spot here that is, undefinable uh but so if i want to start getting this right i want to start being under trying to understand what's going on and i want to put a program in place for my employees or i have someone right now that i'm thinking about and i i have i want to have a conversation with them other than calling you what are the first one two three steps i should take to kind of get create a plan or take action that is at best for my business and at the same time best for the individual i guess and that's a that's a hard hard balance yeah it, it can be challenging 
there's three very small, simple things you can do. One, uh, know your benefits. Uh, okay. So, you know, if you are a company that provides health insurance benefits, uh, and I know, like, depending on how big you are, you might not. Uh, but if you do, uh, know what those benefits are and make sure you that your employees know what they are. Like a lot of a lot of companies have really great health insurance benefits uh, that have like twenty dollar copays to go see a professional therapist. And like an EAP, right? No, that's just their normal health insurance. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So so it's twenty dollar copay for a lot of people. Uh, most most people in Texas have Blue Cross Blue Shield. That's like eighty percent of the population. So it's like most of those plans, the PPOs, they're twenty, forty, sixty dollar copays. Like it, that makes it a lot easier. And if you know that. Then, then, then we can we can have that information out the gate and say, hey, you don't have to worry about it. Here's how much it costs. Right. So you know it, and you can get that information from your from your benefits administrator, from your broker, whoever. You call Blue Cross directly and say, I need to go see a therapist. The CPT code is nine zero eight three seven. If you want to just double check it, uh, and they will tell you exactly what that copay is. So now you know that, and you have that available for your employees too. You model that healthy behavior like we just talked about. You don't need to be in therapy if you don't want to be in therapy, right? But if you got something else going on in your life, use your own benefits and go get some help. It's not it's not a crazy idea. It's really not. It's very simple. But if you don't, I'm sure that you know somebody that does, right? That you have a family member that's struggling, that you have a friend that's struggling. You don't need to use their names or whatever. But let your people know that that's something that's in your life. Right. In some way, like maybe you have a sister who has bipolar disorder. You know, maybe you have a, a mother in law that's struggling with some kind of mental issue. Right. And just be transparent about that stuff with your people to an appropriate level. OK, and I'm not saying they need to know all your life story, but to an appropriate. level. And the third one is have a plan of where to go when something comes up. You know, have a plan of where to go, just like we have, you know, fire drills and little maps everywhere that say, here's the quickest way to the stairs. Like we all don't know what the stairs are. Um, you know, how do we get out of the building? Right. This is exactly what you want in place for mental health is where do we go? And, you know, definitely like me. Sure. Great. But but contact a counseling group near you in advance and say, here are our benefits. We want to make sure that if something comes up at work, we want to send people to you. Oh, so proactively, yes. someone oh, on speed dial kind of deal. Yeah. So now it's like, hey, Jim, who's going through a divorce? Hey, buddy, have you considered counseling? Like, we have a twenty dollars copay with this group over here. You can sign up online right now. Now, all of a sudden, Jim's hour-long conversation that we just had with him—he now leaves with an action item, right? You have helped him connect him to okay. real help. Uh, do that, and if you know, if you don't have health insurance benefits. Still call up a private counseling group and say, hey, guys, we'd like to set up a private EAP program with you. Like, is that something you're willing to do with us? We have about a dozen of those set up right now. One with a company who has never called us. And it's like an independent, they pay you X amount per month yeah. and then their employees can call you whenever they need some. Exactly. And so, and so we have one set up with a company over here. They've never used it in three years. Never. But they just want to have it there. We have another one who we see 200 of their employees. 200. Of their employees, you know, like all throughout the state, because you know we're we're throughout throughout all of Central Texas. So it's like, it's like I mean, some people really use it, some don't. But the fact is that it's there, right, it's ready to go. So all three of those points, I would have, you know, especially like the the be proactive and just know who they can call right away. Like do that homework for them. Yep. 
the last question I have for you is, I know some people, I don't, I, 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 I uh, have been to counseling and, and will go again uh, because I find it really valuable. It's great to just kind of offload some stuff. But there are some people, there's a stigma mm-hmm. around sitting down and talking about your feelings and we don't need to do that. And sometimes people can feel like it's a little airy, artsy out there. Um, some people feel it's too hard-lined. So what would you tell people that have a stigma around, yeah, I would never do it? Well, I mean, first, we can't change the mind, right? So right. If that's how they, that's, that's what they feel about it. We'll just accept that and say, okay, but if you would ever like to change your mind, here is an option for you. Two, modeling that behavior. I go to therapy. I have my own therapist. I tell all of my employees who are therapists, by the way, uh, that they should be in therapy. You know, all the time. I'm like, get into therapy. It's good for you. Um, could you imagine if you could just go see somebody for an hour a week and just tell them anything that you're thinking or feeling, and then they just validate you? Like, that's a really good feeling. So go go to therapy. Try right. it out. Um, but, but really, uh, you know, the stigma is waning a lot. Uh, it's really kind of dissipated. Uh, but if somebody doesn't want to go, man, we, we, can't, we can't make them. And it might not be right for everybody. So it doesn't have to be therapy. Let's find local support groups. Um, you can also call that, that therapy group that you just set up this EAP with and said, hey, do you guys have any community resources? Like I've got an employee that's struggling, say, with like a porn addiction, but he's just too shamed to really come in and actually talk about it. He's just not ready yet. Do you guys know any support groups in the area? I, I know five, yes. You know, and they can give you that. And often those, those resources are free. That's great. I think, you know, this is such a valuable, a valuable conversation. Um, and the world feels like it was kind of, it went from, uh, we don't need this stuff. And we've gone to, there's so much mental health stuff going on with, you know, COVID and all those things. And most people are somewhere on that spectrum in terms of, of what they need. But I always try to have these conversations through the lens of a business owner and understanding that you don't need to be a counselor. You don't need to solve problems. These are my takeaways from the conversation. You don't need to be a counselor. You don't need to solve problems. Uh, You're there to kind of understand and uh, be empathetic, offer resources, but also let them know there's an expectation of, hey, I know you're going through some stuff now and we'll, we'll accommodate you for X amount of time. And if, if they don't rise up, that then it's still okay for, for you as a business owner to say, hey, I, I think you need more time. You know, let's pause here. Unfortunately, it's not working out, um, but go take care of yourself uh, and, and, do that. I am I missing anything? No, that that's it, one hundred percent. There was another article in the Wall Street Journal that that mentioned that uh, employees that were surveyed only twenty four percent of them believed that their employer actually cared about them. And that's, I mean, look, I talk to people all day, every day about new jobs, and. The number one question I get now that never used to be the number one question is what are the benefits? Uh, number two is what's the schedule? 
Uh, you know, we talked about flexible and inflexible jobs, right? If it's a flexible job, can be done from home or not? Is, is there a hybrid or a remote element to that? Um, and then pay. And it used to be pay, title, PTO, but that has changed. And um, your reputation is your best recruiting tool. And people want to work for someone that they think gives a shit, right? Um, exactly. Or someone who thinks like them. If you have an environment where it's cutthroat and you, whoever works the hardest gets a promotion, and that's what you're clear about, and those are the people in your environment, and that's what they thrive on, perfect. Um, but if you as a person are a caring person and believe that's important, then that you're doing a, a disservice by not making that part of your culture and hiring people that value that too. Yeah, sorry, I'm so happy I made it 30 minutes into the show. For I know you get that upper respiratory is really taking its toll. It's or either that or you're, you're lamenting the loss of your hairdresser. I can't figure it out. Uh, but no, even at that show, Billions, I mean, they had a therapist in the office, you know? It's just, they just called it something different. Yeah, fair enough. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Very cool. Okay, well, hey, thank you so much for the information, Chris. If people are watching this or listening to this and they think, man, I got to talk to that guy a little more about what I can do for my employees, how can we reach you? Yeah, taylorcounselinggroup.com. Pretty simple. Um, you'll find all the information you need right there. Send an email. I'll get Awesome. And tell us a little bit about the Epiphany app, because I think that sounds very cool. Yeah, Epiphany, first of its kind, is a mental health app. It's actually developed by therapists. Um, it offers an immersive therapeutic experience that places a strong focus on emotions rather than problems. It is designed to guide users through therapeutic series and stories that have been thoughtfully crafted by mental health professionals, ensuring a supportive and enriching experience. And all that right off the top of your head. Mm -hmm. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else we need to know about you, Chris? Uh, yeah. If, uh, if you've ever been helped by a mental health professional and you think you'd like to give back to the mental health community, Counseling for the Future Foundation is a great way where you can donate to provide a full ride scholarship for a student in school studying to become a therapist because we don't have enough of them. And that's counselingfutures.org. That's awesome. Hey, thank you so much. I, look, I know you're busy. I know you're sick. I know you got a bunch of stuff going on in your world. I appreciate you carving out some time uh, to talk to us and to the audience. There was a ton of value there, and I really, really appreciate you um, hanging it, hanging in there with us and getting this done. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm really happy we were able to make it. To this. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. We appreciate your support. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you could take a moment to leave us a review. And don't forget to subscribe or follow to stay up to date with all the latest episodes as they're released. Discover how Key Hire supports small business owners with talent planning and acquisition by exploring our YouTube channel or LinkedIn page. For comprehensive information, visit our website at www.keyhire.solutions, where you can also sign up for a complimentary consultation to discuss any talent, experience, or capacity problems that keep you awake at night. Until next time, stop grinding and start growing.